Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And welcome in to the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway on x twitter whatever we're calling it that that machine i am over there at cool we are Conway with me as always matt sells at the salesman so matt we got a action-packed episode today really as we're going through this a lot of injuries we had a ufc edition of a game over the weekend as well so that was interesting we actually got to see an actual not that we're rooting for it but an actual fight well, an in actual baseball fight. yeah yeah because typically all we get is the running of the it, it's like these it's like in the old timey like viking movies before they start fighting it's just these two walls that kind of just like push back and forth and nothing yeah. really happens um so we'll talk a little bit about that but before we get into talking about tim anderson's jaw how are you matt uh better than tim anderson's jaw let's put it that way um yeah there's a lot to digest in that fight it was again not condoning fighting and it seemed to be an interesting start to the fight because it just looked like he slid through the five hole i don't know but um, I'm good. You know, we're it, it's a weird time where we're like down to, I guess, the home stretch in fantasy baseball and fantasy footballs gearing up, and um, so this is the time where you can actually make hay in your leagues because the guys that think they're okay and then turn their attention to fantasy football drafts, you can start picking people off the waiver wire uh, before they get them. Um. But yeah, can we talk about how the ump made like transition from a baseball umpire to a boxing ref like immediately? And that was awesome. And the call from, I guess it was the Guardian's announcer, was phenomenal. Using the down goes Frazier reference for down goes Anderson. That was, <laughs> that was, he calls the play and then immediately transitions into the fight. Um, so I have a feeling we're going to be using that the way we've been using Tom Brenneman's apology slash home run call uh, <laughs> for a while to come. And then can we also talk about how in a fight or a brawl, whatever word you want to use, I know baseball, we love the term brawl, you know, other sports, we say right. fight, but baseball gets brawl for some reason. How <laughs> Eloy Jimenez still managed to limp away in something that had no business concerning him whatsoever he still manages to have to limp away i mean this guy is either i mean we know that there is some injury prone to him with the amount of just soft tissue injuries that he's had but you just got to have this this element of just complete unluckiness with him as well it's starting to 
concerned, like, is he just too big for his frame? Like, is his body just too big? Or I mean, is he always really wrong place, you, wrong time? Always. Yeah, there's not really much you could do about just being too big, but, like, also, Tim Anderson, for future reference, if you're going to get into a fight, don't drop gloves with a dude who's a switch hitter. Because I'm pretty sure they're equally strong from both <laughs> from both sides. Well played. That's pretty good. I'm saying somebody brought that up, and I was like, "Excellent point." Don't. It it's not like you're dodging the right because he's stronger. No, he's a switch hitter. So, <laughs> do you see the clip with the sonic rings coming out of Tim Anderson? Yeah, yeah. I threw it back. That was that was good. I just Anderson was very quick to drop the gloves, and one of those things like in baseball where no one expects an actual fight to occur, you can use that element of surprise when you kind of like right. It's not like hockey where dropping gloves happens. All yeah. the time. <laughs> and and both know what's happening. But like the second Anderson dropped both gloves and put the fists up, like Ramirez knew what was happening. You know, if if Anderson slyly maybe, you know, kind of goes for it, maybe he gets the upper hand there. But he had once he dropped first and stood there and made it know what his intentions were, he had already lost. It was yeah. already he was gonna lose to to KO Jose yeah. Ramirez. Yeah. Jose Ramirez is what we're calling him now. Um also Pedro Griffal, nobody's buying that it was a scheduled off day for tim anderson no like on sunday he wasn't in the lineup and they asked him and they said it's a scheduled off day no it's because he doesn't know where he is he's he's concussed which means if tim anderson played on the yankees he'd still be in the lineup for another two months before anybody figured it out yeah that situation with rizzo is not good that's not so how do you how do you like I was in favor of keeping Aaron Boone as manager of the Yankees because I think he's done a fantastic job getting massively flawed rosters to the playoffs in a very deep AL. I I can't endorse that now. If you're next to a guy in the dugout and on planes and buses and team hotels and meals and watching him play and not catch up to pitches he should be pounding for two months, you and the hitting coach and the bench coach and the training staff which by the way we'll get to later with another injury um and the gm should all be fired like it should be a clearing of the house in new york because you cannot let you you cannot like watch the replay you can see his head snap back off of tatisa's thigh like it snaps to a point where it snaps and the hat readjusts itself and you're telling and then he's woozy Watch him walk. He can't even walk away from the bag. And you're telling me it took two months to figure out the guy is concussed? And he had to come to you and say, hey, I haven't been sleeping well for two months. I'm not myself for two months. It's like, you got to, you got to, because if I'm a free agent, I'm not going there. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's fear for my health. I'm not signing with you. It's the same thing we saw with the Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders who ignored a guy's cancer diagnosis. They ignored concussions. They ignored ACLs. They ignored all sorts of stuff. And teams like players wouldn't sign there because they were afraid for their health. Same thing's going to happen in New York now. What I'll say is if you have a subscription to The Athletic, there's a really good article. I read it. I believe it was yesterday was when I read it because that's when it came out by Chris Kirshner or Kirsch. Kirshner. I'm going to say Kirshner because that's how it's spelled. Definitely go read that. Very, very interesting um, in a kind of tell-all right here with Anthony Rizzo. So make sure you go check that out. Let's. I do want to get to some injuries with the Rays, but since we're kind of with Rizzo here, let's kind of just start with Yankees. You and I have 
cooperatively and collaboratively poo-pooed on Carlos Rodon this season, given everything that occurred with the injury that's not anything to worry about, yet he wasn't throwing and nothing was happening. He kept now, getting shut down for weeks yeah, at a time, yeah. For different things. And now we have hamstring tightness. Yep. I just – I don't even – like, and even when he did – when he was on the mound, those fantasy managers that were dying for him to come back, you got jack squat from him. And now he's injured again. I don't – I believe right now it's still hamstring tightness. I don't believe he's been placed on the IL as we're recording this Monday a little before noon. But it would not shock me if he ends up for another IL stint. Just fantasy managers have gotten nothing from him this year. It's been – it's been bad. Yeah, also the start he came out of, it's not like it was going smoothly before he left the game. <laughs> just another uh, bad one. That was not, yeah, that was not not good. Um, and again, this leads into the whole Yankees trainer situation. Like, you're telling me the only pitcher you can keep healthy is Garrett Cole? And by the way, if you want to see the definition of, a, of one pitcher carrying a staff, go look at the war difference between Garrett Cole and everybody else on the Yankees, whose entire war, I'm not sure, adds up to Garrett Cole's war. And it's not like Garrett Cole's war is massive. I mean, it's 4.8, which is pretty nice. But there's so many negative war pitchers right now for the Yankees that anybody else that's above one gets taken down to basically zero. Um, it, yeah, it's not it's not good. Um, he's definitely droppable at this point. If anybody wants to pick him up and milk him for three good starts the rest of the way, sure. <laughs> but take him off your roster. Don't even worry about him. And we'll start again next year, maybe. I don't know. No, nah, we'll just do it all again. Yeah. We'll just do it all again. But, you know, you got the Yankees, another team in the AL East. The Rays add to their league-best starting rotation in terms of pitchers on the IL. Shane McClanahan goes. He's actually getting more opinions on that left arm of his, which to Not me can't be good. That's nope. how I see it. Because basically how I interpret it as someone who is not in the medical field nor you know has any really knowledge on the situation typically went to me from what i've seen when you get the second opinion that means you didn't like the opinion of the first correct that might be a generalization and i might be, it may be a bit presumptuous but typically you get the second opinion because you don't like what you heard in the first one right you're going for a second opinion to find out if there's any wiggle room to do i really need what they just told me i needed mm-hmm Right. You're like, hey, maybe this guy will be on my side. It's like when you get when you don't get an opinion in a courtroom and so you file it in a different <laughs> court, like different circuit so that you can get somebody that agrees with you. Right. Um, that's that's not great. I mean, I'm all for getting as many opinions on something to be sure about it as you want. But anytime I hear a pitcher going for a second opinion, it's almost almost never a good thing. And health willing McClanahan probably would have won AL Cy Young this year. He was absolutely excellent. He had a rough little stretch. He went on the IL with, I believe it was like back tightness, I believe, or back soreness yeah. earlier in the year. Now he's there with the elbow. Do you think we see him again in 2023? I know we're, we're foreshadowing here a good bit because we're still very early as information is being collected, but I'm a little skeptical to be honest. Same here. I mean, I can't make a guarantee at this point, but is there something they can do to shut him down for like six weeks and then somehow have him for short bursts of the postseason if they make it? Because that's a question too now, because now they're out of the lead in the AL. I don't know how they catch the white-hot Orioles at this point. Um, 
can they hold on to what's becoming a very crowded three-way race for AL wildcard? Not without a, like a Cy Young winner, not anchoring your, and glass now is not like healthy either. And he's supposed to be coming back and like, yeah, I don't know. That was the next one I was going to say. He was scratched Sunday with back spasms. So that one, yeah. you know, maybe days, maybe try to push a start. Maybe, back one, but, but I will say that, issues. that Victor Robles was scratched in May with back spasms and we didn't see him till mid June. And then he came back with lower back tightness and we haven't seen him since now outfielder versus pitcher slightly different. But at this point with all of the issues with Tampa's pitching, I'm not saying it's a few days. I I would love to believe that, but I, I don't know. Yep, and that IL rotation just gets stronger for oh – God, it might be the greatest rotation in the history of baseball on the injured list. McClanahan, if say, say assuming Glassnow does, which he may not, but McClanahan, Glassnow, Jeffrey Springs, Rasmussen, Shane Boz. It's like four aces in a second. You know how on Immaculate Grid, just because we talked about this the other day, on Immaculate yeah. Grid, you got the player, you know, they have to play a game. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot about it. I'll, all I was doing was going for rarity score, and one of those, was, it was Pirates and Rays, and it was the upper right-hand corner. And without even thinking, I was like, well, obviously there's glass now. People probably know Austin Meadows, Boz. No one's going to put Shane Boz. Put it in there, I get it wrong. Yeah, because he hasn't technically pitched for the. Yep. All I was worried about was that stupid rarity score. Yeah. I figured he would be the one. Hilariously, you know who the most popular answer was? The guy received in that trade. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about Archer on that side. I was like, yeah, people know him. (laughs) People know Glass now. People know Meadows. Boz. And I typed it in, click submit. I saw it go red, and I go, I'm better than that. I put G Man Choi. That, that's a good one. That, that was probably pretty low on the rarity score there for you. Surprisingly so, not, actually. Yeah. It was like 13%, 15%. I don't know. Archer was at like 27 But yeah, I love those Pirates ones or like with, with the football ones and I get a Texans one because that's where I can get the super low rarity score because no one cares about those two teams if we're being honest. But anyway, yeah. um, Josh Jung left thumb fracture because he tried to field a line drive. He should have been thinking about our fantasy team. Screw it. Texas is going to score enough anyway. Just let the ball go through doesn't matter but now he's gonna be out i this one's bad too like i don't think, i don't think anything. we see him a broken thumb like and that's how you grip a bat that's where you know you need that for the power we've seen hand slash thumb injuries affect power yep yeah i'm pessimistic on i John. mean even if he comes back i don't know that you're like it may just be for the playoffs which yeah. not fantasy playoffs we're talking actual playoffs like jim mora um yeah, it's not great. He tried to field a Jorge Soler 110-mile-an-hour line drive. And even though it hit the glove, it broke his thumb through the glove. So that <laughs> that's impressive from Soler. Yep, I can resonate with that. I had a dislocated thumb in college with on, on the glove, just catching. Caught, hit, the, hit the glove wrong, dislocated the thumb. So I feel with him there. Luckily, if I didn't catch that, it would have hit me somewhere else where it probably would have hurt a lot more. Whereas for him, he just could have let it go to the outfield. But, hey, sure. who who am I to say there? Jazz Chisholm, hamstring cramp. I thought that he had pulled his hamstring. Apparently, it's just a cramp. To me, I'm thinking day-to-day. But the glass the glass man himself, I mean. Just, He's the Buxton of the NL. I know. I mean, I don't even know what to make of it. I mean, if you own him, 
it's just going to be a wild ride. It's the, it's the equivalent. Yeah. It's the equivalent of having like, since we're in fantasy football season, we can start saying this, but like back in the day and as a Texans fan, like owning Arian Foster (laughs) hardly practiced was always questionable every Sunday. Even if he was hundred percent healthy, they felt like they just slapped the questionable tag on him. Like, Jazz Chisholm managing him in fantasy baseball is going to be a ride. It's just, yep. Unfortunately, you're you're playing for that next injury, and it sucks to say it, but it's just kind of how it is. Yeah, you and I talked about this. I have a decision to make in a keeper league coming up. As if I um, give up something to extend Jazz Chisholm for next year at a reasonable cost, or just toss him back, or extend him and then hope somebody takes the bait and trades me I, it's it's just tough but when he comes back like he came back and jacked two home runs and then he had a hammy cramp so it's like you gotta play him when he's in there yep and then last well one of the last ones here joe musgrove shut down for three weeks with shoulder inflammation as we look at the padres three games out of the wild card they pretty much need all the help they can get in that rotation you cannot rely on rich hill down the stretch that's just not going to work for you there so fantasy manager's gonna be without him for three weeks you gotta figure at that point at least a rehab start or two and then at that point you're probably either down the stretch in fantasy or if you're in head-to-heads points leagues you're probably pushing playoffs at that point that first start back you can't really trust them so that's another excuse me half week that you're waiting to deploy him well hold on let's let's do the timeline here we're in the first week of august this is august 7th right Mm -hmm. so he was the news came out a couple days ago so if we count from August 4th when it was broken, add three weeks to that, so 21 days. We're talking the 25th of August. So at minimum, you're getting them for three weeks in September. At yeah. best. That's assuming they the inflammation goes down and he comes back and gets like two, you know, it goes down. He's on the mound the last week of August for a rehab start, does one more the first week of September, and then you're getting him for the second, third, and fourth week of September slash weekend into October. What if the inflammation's not down? What if they need to extend that holding period? So, yeah, it's it's a tough spot. You're getting him for basically, what, four more starts at best? Might be two or three? Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at it too, excuse me, like I'm looking at here for like on ESPN, they have the uh, Tristan Cockroft does the fantasy baseball forecaster for week 18, which is August 7th to August 13th. Standard leagues on ESPN play a 21 week regular season. If you don't adjust anything, right there's your three weeks. Now you go to playoffs. And this is assuming everything so, goes right. Oh, so ESPN standard league shut off the first week in September. They don't run into football season then. All standard leagues play a fixed 21-week season. Then you go into playoffs. So that, that might be one-week matchups or two-week matchups. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just all depends, like, depending on how yeah, you You're not having two weeks. a regular season in fantasy baseball. That's for yep. sure. He is out there. And then Boston's 3-7 and seven in their last 10, as I'm looking at it here. Five, lost four in a row. Five games out of the wild card. They could be getting Chris Sale and Trevor Story back, but too little, too late, you think, here? Probably. I mean, can we trust Sale to stay healthy at this point? Because he's going to walk through a fence and somehow blow something up. I don't like. You want to talk about unlucky? This dude. The like, I think didn't he tear something mowing his yard last year or something? Like, he had some weird. 
I thought it was riding a bike. Riding a bike. Okay. Similar. You know, it involves a, <laughs> a wheeled vehicle. Yeah, a wheeled vehicle of some sort. At least there wasn't blades involved. I don't know. Uh, I think it's probably too little too late. The ALE seems to be coming down to, you know, I think we're getting three teams in the playoffs out of that with Toronto and Baltimore and Tampa. I think you are right as well. So, of course, over at FantasyAlarm.com, Justin Fensterman does the injury report. Take a look there for all the injuries, including some of the ones that we've talked about here, as broken down by the incomparable Justin Fensterman. So, Matt, flavor of the week, something that we do every Monday that we record when this airs, you know, whether it ended up being Monday or Tuesday here. But flavor of the week, I'll go ahead and jump in first. I said Tim Anderson and Graham Crackers. Now, before we got in the air, the way you said it was really good because they crumble, which was actually a really good way of thinking of it and kind of parlaying that into something comical there. But the way I kind of looked at it was, you know, you make s'mores, you buy a whole box of graham crackers for making s'mores, right? Correct. They come in those package, like the one box comes in like four different packages of graham crackers. Once you open one of them, it's all downhill for those graham crackers because you either have to eat them all or you're going to close them up. You're not going to make s'mores again for another couple of weeks. And then by that point, they're stale and disgusting. And it's a perfectly good box of, of, of graham crackers or ruined. Same thing with Tim Anderson. Coming into the year, you know, he's had a couple decent years in the past. We've opened it. He doesn't have power. The power is gone like a stale graham cracker. And I guess now, in this case, he crumbled like a stale graham cracker would. And really... Ever since this season began, it's been all downhill for Tim Anderson. His his reputation, his standing in Chicago is waning. It's not getting any better. You can't unstale a stale graham cracker. You can't do anything to bring it back. It's toast. You know, wrap it up, throw it out. It's pretty much all you can do there. So that's my flavor of the week. Matt, what say you? Mine, we're going with a little bit. We're sticking in kind of the sweet food, slight dessert deal here we're going with angel food cake angel hernandez came back in his first game back immediately blew a call like plain as dang day blew a steal attempt that they then had to review and the nats uh broadcast was puzzled why it even had to go to review because it was plain as day in real time the visiting broadcast was very puzzled as well now he was behind the plate and Sunday's game missed 23 calls. 23. It's his lowest correct call percentage in a while. Now, get it. He's missed time with a health thing, which, by the way, if you eat too much angel food cake, you can get health problems from that, right? Mm-hmm. The other way this ties in, not just the name, angel food cake is better with help, right? Frosting, icing, a filler, whatever you want to put in there. Angel Hernandez gets better with help. What does that help? Robo-umps. Every time he's slated to be, if MLB wants a test program for this, every day that Angel Hernandez is slated to be behind the plate, replace him with a robo-ump and compare their scores. Have him call the game, but it doesn't actually count. Have the robo-ump call the game, but it does count. And compare their scores. He He's just, he's just terrible. I, I, I don't know. Uh, there's no other way to put it. He, he, he just needs help, 
And that help is not ever being behind the plate or really on a baseball field making calls. Um, he wonders why they never put him in position for postseason games. Well, maybe you shouldn't suck, and then you would get postseason assignments. They ain't racist. They're just against bad calls. Um, it, it's really it's really that simple. Angel Hernandez is a joke and a punchline, which is kind of sad. He's a tenured ump. I get it. He's had some good moments, but in the last decade, it's been nothing but just stale, bad, bad calls like, if you leave an angel food cake out too long. Yep. Food goes stale. It's hard to make it unstale. It's just kind of the motto of this week's flavor of the week. And Matt, with the remaining time that we have here, we'll go to everyone's favorite game show here. Name that player. So first up, Matt is an AL East second baseman, middle infielder, however you want to call it. So after being a 28th round draft pick in the 2017 draft, I reached AAA last season. And prior to getting called up this year, I was hitting 275 with, 21 home runs, nine stolen bases, and a 553 slug across 87 games. This weekend, I became the first player in Major League Baseball history to collect nine hits and two home runs over my first three big league games. And based on the way the lineup has shaken out in the past couple of days, Matt Sells, I have to ask you, am I the new three-hole hitter for my American League East ball club? Who am I and what do we make of me for fantasy baseball purposes? Are you 24-year-old, 28th-ranked Toronto Blue Jays prospect, Davis Schneider? In this instance, I sure am. Yeah. First of all, can we talk about how I'm shocked, flat out, absolutely shocked at the 120-plus year history of MLB that no player has ever come up and had nine hits and two homers in their first two games and first three games except like two games. first three games how is that possible that something like that that you would think sure it's a good three game stretch how has it never happened in the history of baseball with i don't know twenty three thousand plus players coming i it's i guess i guess david schneider's one of one <sighs> It's amazing. Um, and and let's not pay attention to the fact that he's five foot nine. First of all, that's impressive. Second of all, the middle infielders are generally shorter. Um, Jose Altuve's put the height debate to bed for like a decade now. Um, I think he may get more playing time than Paul DeYoung. Because, mm-hmm. A, they didn't give up anything to get Paul DeYoung. And, B, Paul DeYoung can't make con- – like, the only time he ever makes contact is going over the fence. Other than that, <laughs> he's not making a lot of contact. Um, so, sure, give the 24-year-old young guy the run of it while, you know, Bouchette is injured and ailing and uh, their second base position is kind of up in the air because they haven't really gotten anything out of that position all year. Yep. And then when you look at it too with Schneider, I mean, he hit ninth, eighth, and then third. It is worth noting in that game where he hit third, Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. did have the day off. So he's their three hole hitter. Where do you think Davis ends up hitting here? Because, like I said, we've seen him at ninth, eighth, and third. He's not hitting third. I'm he's just not hitting third. I, that. I could see him hitting, I guess, sixth. I don't know. Any chance he gets him at bats in the two hole while Bichette's out? Because right now, since Bichette's went down, Brandon Belt has been their two-hole hitter in six of five of six games. 
George Springer being the two hole in the other one. Any chance he can get second, or do you think he's going to settle into that six range after Matt Chapman? I think it's a little presumptuous to put him in the two hole. I mean, Brandon Belt like isn't what he used to be, but he still is a professional hitter. And you know, the idea of a two hole hitter is to get on base and also see a bunch of pitches in front of your cleanup dude, so they can see what things look like. Belt does a pretty decent job of that, even if he's not getting productive at bats. He's taking pitches, so. I would say that Schneider probably winds up in the six hole um, going forward, which isn't terrible. But part of me is rooting for him to keep just swapping around so he can also tie Christopher Morrell, who's hit a home run in every uh, spot in the batting order this season. He's the fourth dude ever to do that. So I don't know. Part of me hopes he keeps like you know moving around and jacking homers in different <laughs> different parts of the batting order. And the other thing to consider is, too, maybe it's something where while Bichette is out, Brandon Belt did hit second with a lefty on the mound. Belt hasn't hit lefties to save his life this season. Maybe no, it's something I mean, against fairness, righties. He hasn't done it in a, in a couple of years. So. Right. So maybe maybe it's more against righties he's going to hit sixth because in that case, I get Brandon Belt hitting second. He hits righties well. I get it. Maybe against lefties, we see Schneider hitting the two-hole while Bichette's out. I think that is very possible. And – Matt, we got about a minute left, so we're going to go through this one pretty quick. But AL Central outfielder, I had a rough stretch to begin the season. Team brought me back up after the All-Star break, and I've been pretty good, especially of late, posting a 769 slug over my last 43 plate appearances with six home runs. My strikeout rate is absurdly high, so there's a lot of concern here. And at the big league level this year, while I have an excellent 319 ISO against right-handed pitching, I'm hitting under 100 against lefties with a hard hit rate of only 22.2%. My name is very popular right now amongst waiver wire additions. Do you know what AL Central outfielder this is and what do you expect the rest of the way? That's a very good question. And no, it's not coming. <laughs> it's not coming to mind. Plays for the Twins? There's he like the same, for, He has the same first name as you? Walner? You got it. I don't know what to make of any of these Minnesota bats, to be perfectly honest. Like, that's there's like six dudes that fit this description, which is why I wasn't quite sure it was Walner. Because, like, they've had first round picks come up all year who look like they'd be good and then they struggle. And so, no, I'd just leave them. Yep. If you do pick him up, flash in the pan, try to catch lightning in a bottle, but he may be off your team in two weeks. That's just the way it goes with these Minnesota outfielders because he strikes out just like they all do. So anyway, that'll be it for this week. We will see you later this week. It'll actually be Matt and another guest. I will be at the Fantasy Football Expo, so I will not be there for that. But give me a follow on Twitter at Colby R. Conway, at Matt, or at the Salesman on Twitter for Matt. And we will see you later this week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? 
Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.